You are listening to the Coffee Sometimes podcast with us, Valor. We're a cafe and roaster located about 20 miles north of Atlanta, and every week we sit down together, sometimes with a special guest, and talk business, sports, you guessed it, coffee, or whatever else we're feeling that week. So thank you for listening, and here is the show. sound pretty normal to you i sound super bassy but what else is new <laughs> so so that's normal i don't know <laughs> i don't know who cares yeah i ask if everything sounded normal not what you sounded like <laughs> <laughs> man big t is on one today uh there's just so many variables like the cable running in there i'm like is that you know life is just a bunch of Ever-changing variables. Oh, my gosh. Unpack that, please. Uh, so I'm like, is this out here like sounding different because we ran a cable into your office? No, there's no way. I mean, I don't hear a buzz right now. Listeners, do you hear a buzz? Comment, like, subscribe if we you do. We want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, just smash like if you hear a buzz. <laughs> so why, you just heard a buzz. Why don't you smash like? This this episode is actually going to be dedicated to like listeners and like liking the podcast. <laughs> oh my God. If you have eyes and are watching YouTube, you see a young man sitting to my right, my right, <laughs> my right, <laughs> your left, my right. <laughs> he's he's sitting he's sitting stage right. His name is Samuel Dawson Smith. Hello. True to your your place you grew up, buddy, Dawson. We call him Sam. Can I disclose that, where you grew up? Yeah, that's probably fine. All right. And Dawson. Sam, let's just go ahead and press into this really quick, because I know the listeners are thinking it. <laughs> what was it like when you had to transition to your name being the subordinate of a famous singer? You were, oh, it was probably, Lord. what, 10 years ago? Roundabouts? Nah, I was in like ninth or tenth grade when he released that song. Bro, Stay that was with ten. Me. That was that was ten years ago. How old am I? That was, uh, yeah, like nine or ten years ago. I guess I was probably fifteen or sixteen. So like, okay, eight years ago. Uh, it was annoying because it was every day of my life for like three months. People who have known me since I was like ten years old were like Sam Smith, like that one guy. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, man, I've good joke. Did you come up with that yourself just now? Because everyone else did. It was like kind of funny for a couple weeks. And then it was like, how long is this going to happen every day? Yeah. Mm. What kind was the like, song? Stay with me. <laughs> you guys all sang that in a different key. <laughs> And it sounded awesome. you're all I need. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I was probably yeah. Right. I'd probably sing in the right key. That was though. a bop. Yeah. It was. It really put him on the map, and it really just made my name a bit for everyone that knew my name. Yeah. A bit what? No, like a, like a <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, that hit hard, bro. <laughs> a bit Hey, awesome. if you liked that joke, make sure to <laughs> like it. <laughs> uh, well, oh, Sam, boy. you will always be 
the first Sam Smith in my heart. And I think that we can all And the say last. That. The first and the last. Yeah. You. It's a good song. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So, Sam, why don't you why don't you give us a little history of, of Sam? Wow. Who is Sam? You know, where do you come from? Where are you going? Uh did where how did you meet no. us? Uh, why don't we just break that all down? Who do you like press most? into it? Which who's your favorite mm-hmm. boss? Who's the hottest boss? Okay. Who's the nottest boss? Though mm-hmm. I have to give each of you one of those titles, or like, can one person <laughs> potentially have all three? Yeah, favorite, hottest, and nottest. Ethan, all three. <laughs> Dang it! The <laughs> what? Correctly. Uh, okay, me. I was born in Gainesville, Georgia, Georgia. not Florida. At Northeast Georgia Medical Center. Honestly, probably I don't know. I was a Northeast man on our hands. I was baby. Uh, Lived there. My parents grew up there. Lived there. Moved to Dawsonville. Went to middle school and high school in Dawsonville. Very normal kid. Normal life. I met Ross and Riley in high school. I met Ross over the summer. Uh, one night, because he knew my older brother, Zach Smith. Mm-hmm. Same last name. Zach, if you know, know Zach Smith, listening. go ahead and smash like. Yeah, if you know who Zach Smith is, Zach, then you, you know like who him. I am. Hey. Uh, and Ross was doing something at his house, and Zach invited me over. I was, like, not even in high school yet. And then I met Ross, and then I went to high school, and these guys were in chamber choir. Yep. And that was... Potentially, to my recollection, the only class, like chorus classes, maybe band as well, probably, were the only classes in high school that were like multi-grade classes, yeah, all that's integrated. That's where all the bullying happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's other, you know, like you can be an AP something with a kid in a different grade, but... Yeah, that's true. We're like, yeah. Uh, break that barring down. exceptions <laughs> to the rule. It doesn't matter. They were, they're two grades ahead of me, so I met them in that class. That's like the only class we really ever had the chance to have together. Excellent singers. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do we want to give like a little, like, Lock Loman or something? Yeah. I knew you were going to say that, bro. <laughs> you just love Lock Loman. you'll take the high road, and I'll take the low road. <laughs> and I'll be in Scotland. I don't remember the rest of the song. Anyway. <laughs> cut, cut. No, that was Chance Passmore's solo. Let's be real. Yeah, we didn't get that solo. Mm. Did you guys Chance ever get solos? I love you. I never did get a solo. Did you ever try to get a I solo? I did get solos. No, I never did. How many solos did you try for that Spencer was like, no? I never tried for solos. It was always him saying, hey, you're going to sing the solo on this song. What? Hmm. <laughs> So and that Riley's probably happened really good. a grand total of one to two times. Were you were you nervous? Do you think I was nervous? Yeah, yes. that's why I asked. Yeah, I was pretty nervous. Yeah, probably. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I met them there, and we became friends because we thought the same things were funny. I guess probably it was primarily the reason, <laughs> but. Uh, that's that's how I met you guys, and then I was friends all through high school, and then right around the end of high school, you guys started Valor, or shortly after you guys graduated, um, 
you started Valor, and then pretty soon after that, Ethan became a part of it. He went in on it with you guys, and so I met him that way. And then I got closer with Ethan working at a shop in Cumming called Nito Cafe. Good old Nico's. Shout out Nico's. Nico's Tapas. Yes. Legendary. Uh, And then before that, actually, too, I forgot about this, but my first job in coffee... Tell the story, dude. (laughs) It's one of my favorite stories. (laughs) Was at the shop that was where Nito is now, before Nito was there. It's called Copper Coin. And Ross and Riley worked there. And I was working some job at the outlet mall in Dawsonville, and it was terrible, bass? and I hated it. Yeah, oh, you're a bass, bass. man. You <laughs> know, we had a bass man on our hands here. Those bass memories, man. man. <laughs> Getting paid like eight fifty an hour. Woo! Now you get paid like nine fifty an hour. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Big upgrade. <laughs> I wasn't even getting tips back then either. So. Yeah, you're still not. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the roast Sam session. <laughs> you know what, Sam? And, and, yeah, we're good friends. It's cool. It's funny. It's uh, a joke. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I worked there. I hated it because retail, I think, just kind of sucks unless you're a really specific type of person. And so I text Riley literally and said, hey, you should get me a job at Copper Coin if you can because I'd rather be working in coffee. And then he responded and was like, Okay, I'll email my manager. Someone's going to be quitting soon, I'm pretty sure, and you can interview. Was it Charles? I never crossed paths that maybe two days or something. Charles? I can't remember the name of the guy who was there before, but uh, Riley was like, I will vouch for you and you will probably get the job, but if you're a bad worker, I will never vouch for you for anything again. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Savage. <laughs> Which is Imagine like, that coming from a eighteen year old. Well, yeah. An angsty eighteen. Well, I was like just freshly. You value oh. your word. You value your word. I yeah, get it. no, I get it. And if you know T, it's like the most T thing to oh, say yeah. that. Just like be a, a total jerk. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, it's just like you're out. setting the expectation. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm sticking my neck out a little bit. Don't screw it up. Or, like, you can screw it up, but then don't expect me to stick my neck out again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which is like, respectable, I guess. Totally get it. not forgiving, like, nothing oh, of that sort. Come on. No. Yeah. Are you saying that you've uh, grown past that? You'd, you'd want to. No, I don't think I've grown at all since I was, like, 19 years old. I'd agree. Yeah. Same <laughs> pretty, dude. Pretty I've much ever. the same. If anyone would know, it would be us and yeah. maybe Michaela, too. And everyone would say, absolutely not. Let's bring her in here. Come on, Michaela. Okay, Copper Coin, Nito, we got to know each other. Yeah, so I worked at Nito for like a year and a half. I worked really closely with Ross. That's I got trained in coffee basically by Riley and Ross. And then Copper Coin and Nito for a bit after that were counterculture shops. And yep. so I got to do a couple of those like counterculture specialty coffee class things. I don't know technically what they call them or whatever, but... They have like little day long classes that you can go to and they talk about like pour over science and like extraction and strength and TDS. They like break down all those concepts in a pretty pretty educational like lecture format way. And then there's like some practice with the principles that they teach afterwards. Was that in Atlanta? Yeah. I can't remember what part of Atlanta. <clears throat> I remember like if I saw it I'd know it, but West Midtown. Yeah. Great. 
And the King, King Plow Art Center. Yeah, that's the one. I was just there Saturday. See a show? Mm-hmm. Hey, did, they, did they shut that down? That Rebounder. training center? Kobe's band. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Yeah. I got to hear about that. Anyways. Dude, and actually, too, I learned after this, because Riley, I can't even remember the guy's name, but the dude that is the meme was teaching the class. You know the barista meme? Yes. Dustin. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll pull it up. Dustin's a meme? Yes, yeah, dude. He's, he's like a, the most uh, prolific barista meme template that exists. Yeah, that is literally. That's a Dustin. I, I, know I didn't him. know that was that Dustin. That is Dustin inside of uh, Octane. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which one, but one of them. Oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. This was this one around for a while. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. (laughs) Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of little nuggets to find. So, for the listeners, we're looking at a picture of a gentleman wearing a deep cut V neck. (laughs) Uh, He's got a a plethora of ink. Ink. A little bit of a chest piece. He's wearing the 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 V neck is black. Okay, he's wearing some some nice. Glasses, very square framed, and then he's got a scarf tightly around his neck, wrapped all the way around, and it says at the top. <laughs> this is explaining the, this is the meme description podcast. podcast. <laughs> at the top, it Let's says one hundred twenty thousand dollar art degree, and then at the bottom, it says draws faces in latte foam. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> It's actually called microfoam, but it's what we do. Hey, it's who we are. Who doesn't have an art degree that works at Valor? You know, me. No, I got one. I think we all have one. Uh, so yeah. Um, I did that class. Riley ended up being like, "Yo, you know that guy's a meme." I had a good <laughs> LOL at it, and then uh, I trained. I worked with Ethan and Ross for like a year or so at Nito. Got really close with them, like in a working format, and also got a. I had a, it was just a really good opportunity to like experiment with coffee and like really hone a skill in a lot of aspects with it. And it was a lot of fun. I was really drawn to it. Like the science of it, it always felt like nerdy, and I'm pretty nerdy. But it's like it could be just about as nerdy as you're willing to make it. which I learned like in part from these guys and then also in part from all these classes and stuff. And so I got to really just like dive into that world and really start to experience like excellent coffees that were brewed excellently. And then on top of that too, man, just loving people, like getting to interact with people and like put a smile on someone's face, get to know someone's name. It actually makes it a lot more fun. And then also being able to take pride in the thing that you're handing them and not be like, oh, I don't know, like it might be bad, it might be good. It like felt good to be like, I it's nice to see you and here's like an excellent thing that I know is excellent. Yep. Um and so then it's like I graduated high school, was working, went to college at UNG for a year and worked at Nito. And then I moved to Atlanta and continued to go to college at Georgia State. And then Go Panthers. Yes. They're very... You didn't say go Nighthawks, though. Well... Ah, you missed that one. Ah, Where's my head? 
there. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Uh, did that. I worked at a, a restaurant as a waiter on for tables, like serving tables. And I was like kind of drawn to that because I couldn't find a job in coffee. I tried to get hired at a bunch of places, but I was like 19 or 20 or something. And... Uh, just trying to get someone that would hire me while I was also in school was just like not happening. Mm-hmm. So I got a job waiting tables. It sucked <laughs> also. Dude. And so I did that for a little bit amount of little bit of time. It was good money. Uh, but also just with school, like the hours, like having to stay up super late and like close a restaurant out on the money nights on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was just like brutal. Mm-hmm. And so it slowly drained me, and eventually I just like found another job in coffee at a shop called Cold Brew Bar, and then I worked there until I worked there from like 2018, sometime July or August of 2018, all the way up to May of 2021. And this whole time I was like. In school, working, uh, had a lot of fun at that shop. Atlanta is a cool place. The people are cool, and also the people when I moved there were way nicer than I expected them to be, which was refreshing because I kind of expected to have to be like mean or something. Because mm. I'm like a good old Southern boy from Dawsonville. Yeah, you are. And everybody's like knowing everybody, and in Atlanta, most people are strangers, but they're still very hospitable. So that was fun. Worked there. Stayed in touch with the guys at Valor. And then I noticed that Valor was hiring. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And so I was contemplating, like, whether or not I wanted to apply to that job or not. And I decided that I did want to. And so then one day I asked Ross if they were still hiring. And he was like, yeah, email me at my work email. And then I did, and then I got interviewed, and then I got hired last, well, May of 2021. Not this past May, but last year. And now we're here. I've been working here. Do you want me to elaborate on my position here? Because I can keep talking. Do you want to press in at all about your interview? Yes. (laughs) I... (laughs) I don't really remember... The interview as much. I just remember my emotions surrounding it because it's like when you go through interviews here, it's like a two two interview process. And I had like my first interview at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday morning or something. And uh, literally at the time, I think what it actually ended up being was there was debris in the (laughs) charger port of my phone case. It is the debris, dude. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Goodness. <laughs> no, I've actually never told you guys this, so. <laughs> no, I know. I know that. I just remember the part you're about to say. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, my phone would only charge, like, <laughs> I would have to, I wish I had a cord, but I would have to, like, hold my phone. It's fine. It's, it's really okay. No, so, someone really go get okay. it. <laughs> it's really okay. I would have to just wrap the cord around my phone so that it was, like, pulled really tightly, and then it would charge. So my phone was like not charging and I didn't realize that it was just dirty because I didn't use my brain, I guess. Yeah. And my phone died overnight. My alarm didn't go off. I woke up at like 7.40 a.m. 
like trying to get my phone to turn on, <laughs> like freaking out. And I'm living in Atlanta. My interview's in Alpharetta, so it's like 35 minutes away. And I finally get into my car, and like my phone is plugged into my car charger, still dead. And it's like 7.50. <laughs> Oh, and I get like five minutes up the road. My phone turns on. I call Ross in a panic and I'm like, I go like, I'm trying to like play it cool. And I'm like, (sighs) he answers and I go, Hey man, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, my phone died and I slept through my alarm, but I'm like up now and I'm on the way and I'll be there at like eight 38, 40 if you still want to do the interview. And he was like, I actually have other stuff that I have to do, so we can just reschedule it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Savage, man. I remember that. Yeah, he's the jerk now. And I was just like, dang it. I am probably not going to get this job now because that is ridiculous. <laughs> That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Uh, and so then we rescheduled it, and I was 15 minutes early. <laughs> and uh, the interview went well. I can't remember who was in my first interview. I can't either. And then I think my second interview was you guys and Mikey, right? I was in one of the interviews. I don't remember which one. But first interview went well, and it was like, I mean, the first interview also just because, like, you guys know me. It's more of like a, like a feeler interview of, like, culture fit type of thing like i mean i don't know how much of your hiring practice you want me to disclose or whatever i don't think it we're an open book man all right great uh so it's like under that pretense of like knowing me you've worked with me you know how i interact with people so it's that interview i didn't know that that's what it was entailing but that one was pretty concise and the second one was more like elaborating on what my role in the company would be and like the vision for it and like what that would look like and if that was something I was interested in or not. And it was, it was really interesting. And a lot of it just ended up being like taking over time, taking stuff from you guys so that you're freed up to do more like big picture or like admin or owner. Big picture. <laughs> like Ross is the, is the big picture guy. Yeah. Oh, so you, you know what that means. But well, I took a lot of stuff off of Ross's plate right off the bat. Yeah, you did. Like sixteen hours of work a week. <laughs> you were uh, you were one of those people that. Uh, hey yo, that was cool. Um, we we've done this a few times where we want to hire someone for the roastery side of the business, but the roastery like wasn't at a place where we could hire someone full time to the roastery. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We brought you on, was it like three days at the cafe and mm-hmm. then two days at the roastery? I think I was working like Monday to Friday at first, just working like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at the cafe. Yep. Yeah. So you, you came in and did packaging. Or I was working the, weekend, I guess, too. I had to have been. Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. off. My, my work week has changed like six times in yeah. a year or something. But now you're corporate, dude. Corporate. Yeah, that's right. Big dog. But yeah, that and then the the vision is to slowly phase into roastery, and now you're full time with roastery, and the full time roaster. Yeah, uh, I just want to interject here. If you're listening, just know if you're late to your interview, we'll still hire you, like for sure. 
That has nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, that is not true. That is not true at all. And I have stories. Stories. Yeah. We all got them. I, I was surprised, honestly. But it was really cool. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but before, before you even said I want to work for Valor, you were at the roastery sitting with us, like over by the couch, and we were troubleshooting how like we were troubleshooting something related to roasting. Do you remember this? I don't. I remember I walking in on this. Yeah. So it was just the two of us? Just no. It was me and... I think like Grayson Arius was there. What? Yeah. It was... I don't know You guys why. were doing some something extracurricular. Yeah. I don't know exactly why you guys were there, but I was talking to someone that works for Valor. I remember there's someone working for Valor. Dale, probably. Dale, yes. Ah. Oh. Um, uh, I always forget about Dale in general. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Dale's one of my best friends. I love you, Dale. Um, we know you're listening, Dale. Yeah, thanks for listening, We know you listen to every episode. <laughs> I'm going to say what just happened. What? There's a tragedy, and everybody just needs no. to stay calm. What happened? We're good. We're good. <laughs> I think he, he just made, he self-inflicted. We're good. We're good. Okay. Keep, keep it... <laughs> Well, all right. Um, anyways, Dale, Dale. We anyway. The what I'm trying to say is, Dale and I were troubleshooting a, a roasting issue like before you even said you want to work here, and I think you had like chimed in on the problem or something. Mm. And I just remember thinking like, Sam should work here, nice. and uh, it was cool that you uh, you reached out after that. And um, another another kind of interesting. Very interesting thing mm. that we've dealt with over the years is how do you bring someone on to a startup in which there will be a ton of opportunity in the future, but it hasn't materialized yet and it's not guaranteed to happen. Yeah. So like we brought you on as a barista, pit crew member, um, and a packager. You just package the coffee. But we we were like looking at your you know raw gifting that you have and your makeup and how you what you like. And I do wear a lot of makeup. Glossier, L'Oreal, <laughs> L'Oreal, Maybelline, <laughs> Estee Lauder. <laughs> we were looking at <laughs> your makeup. <laughs> Isn't that a like a food company? No, 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 no. No, you're thinking of Odeco. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm only thinking this podcast is sponsored by. Hey Odeco, if you if you want to do a little sponsorship, uh, we are we are. <laughs> we ain't mad about that. We're sponsoring you, so you should sponsor us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Shoot. Yeah. So we looked at your raw gifting, your makeup, and um, we were like, this guy would make a great roaster one day. And we had always wanted, we've always wanted to have like a on staff roaster that can dedicate their entire work week to developing our coffee and beyond that, just like our quality control in general. Yeah. And you're still not fully there, but I mean, like talk about that, like task wise, like, yeah, yeah. What sorry. He does not in like skill. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. I say things, that's how I come it. They come out a different way than I want them to. Um, yeah, I just mean you're, you're, you're not fully in the role that you will be in. Because you're still doing some kegs too, yeah. Um, 
but talk about that journey. Like, what was it like us kind of saying early on, like, hey, we're kind of promising the you this thing. Yeah. It will most likely happen if, you know, another pandemic doesn't hit or whatever. Um, and then stepping into that role more and more, what, what has that been like? Um, yeah, it, that is a great question. Let me orga- let me organize it feel, my thoughts. I'll, I'll stall a little bit more because it feels like risky, right? Like you, if you hear a horror story from an employee at a startup, it's like yep. I was promised this and I didn't get it. And I kind of like stuck my neck out for this company and I believe in the vision of this company. And I'm going to start off making less money doing a job that I'm not necessarily super stoked about. But these owners, they're promising me, you know, one day I'm going to be making more money and I'm going to be in a role that's like sick and that I actually want to do. Um, it's risky. But we and we've tried we, at, at all costs. We try not to do it. Right. But like promise. Pr- yeah. But with a friend. No, no, no. <laughs> With a friend that we're, you know, it's that, that's fine. promise away. Uh, I mean, before before you went, like, what do you think about that? I feel like we've we've talked about this over the years. Of like, how do you navigate that? You, yeah. I mean, I have those kind of conversations pretty frequently with people on the team. Of like, hey, you know, you have all this gifting, and I can see potential for you as we grow and develop and then I think getting a uh, a pulse check on aligned vision is really important be like hey what what do you want out of this job and how can we just t- today work towards that yeah and you're gonna be better off anyways if we just work towards that yeah and if you stick with us we'll keep progressing and if you leave you will have progressed and you leave but it's not like in two years you're going to be managing three cafes and making $120,000 yeah but it's like oh you have a passion for the cafe experience yeah yeah if you want to stick on that let's get you certified for this point like team leader position and then down the road we'll keep working towards the next thing yeah. So it's kind of having understanding, you know, what's far ahead, but be like, hey, what's the next immediate step? Because I think, thankfully, at least in the cafe world, we're at the size where there's like tangible and visible progressions to be seen. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially when a second cafe is on the horizon, there's like leadership opportunities and uh, promotional Opportunities. Yeah, about to hit a little bit of a growth spurt, yeah, so to speak. Right, for sure. So maybe the roastery is a little more abstract because it's a little more uh, trail base, you know? It's yeah. something. Yeah. There's not, no one is in the position that someone, like an, an employee, would replace. Yep. But rather, there'll be like new things. Right. Like with Ariel if things just keep progressing and our company keeps growing, she'll just be designing more. 
mm-hmm. and nobody's designing more right now, and nobody's spending like their whole days just on like sourcing and quality controlling coffee yeah. right now. Yeah, it's like a more of a team effort. Well, yeah, it's it's one thing to, you know, you were talking about like if you have someone an, an employee in the cafe, and there's you look at them and you're like, man, they could. I feel like they could run a cafe one day that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's a a good thought to have, but instead of like leading with that, right? Being like, what do you want? What are you hungry for in Valor? And then, is there currently a tangible next step that we already have ready for you, which is a step in that direction? but also would just be a step in that direction. Like it would just be a step for any employee. Totally. That's such a good, good word. Yeah. The unfortunate reality is that in a company that attempts to grow on the slower side, you don't have a million opportunities. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is the, the big downside about not just selling out and taking a bunch of capital and, yeah. building a lot of cafes because then you the the harsh reality is you have all-stars who come and go uh which <clears throat> the fulfilling part about that is they're chasing their dreams and valor is a point Launching in that path. journey that will ho- hopefully help develop some amount of skills that help them in their next path like no one wanted to see sam thomas go but he's gonna go and do great things that man was a born entertainer i'll tell you that much you can say the same thing about plenty of people uh jonathan who's now a firefighter yep uh colby colby who's now an incredible mom yep and so many other things lynn incredible mom absolutely yeah there's there's the speed in which our company grows and with that there's opportunity and then there's the speed in which a person grows in all of their aspirations. And if those two aren't in line, then it's like, well, you're going to do a great job while you're here. And we love that. And we need that desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, when we first started, we it was the three owners. And then we sort of hired three people right off the bat. That was like our opening team. Um, and all of them were great. And none of them are with us anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought like these three, these three people, they're going to be with us until we're, you know, ten years into this thing because mm-hmm. they're just so aligned with who we are and who who we want to be. Like who they want to be is the same thing that we want to be. So we might we might be good, but um, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And. It's just always a. I, I think about that a lot. Like, where where are our where's our team's aspirations? What what is the timing of all that? And then versus like, what opportunities do we have to like keep them? Basically, yeah. Anyways, great stuff, guys. Uh, very elucidating. Uh, to answer very, your question. What? Uh, yeah, by the way, Sam has a degree in neuroscience. So. Uh, Almost. Not quite. I have one <laughs> class left. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. It's an on- I got to take an online class, dude. I flunked one during the online semester of COVID. Uh, COVID. And it screwed me. Mm. It was a discipline problem, dude. When you're sitting at home all day 
and they're like, get on your computer and do a virtual lab course. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, I'm going to play 2K. <laughs> Pretty much the same sentiment, yeah. Uh, but you said elucidating? Yeah, it just means to like make clear or elaborate on something in order to make it clear. Nice. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. I got to remember. Uh, you text that to me? Yes. That's the old, the old trick is put as many smart people around you as you can that makes you look good. Wow. Well, at least what am I doing wrong? Am I right? <laughs> what? I work with idiots. Hey, come on. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. Huh? Um, yeah, to answer your question about like what my experience or perception of sort of your guys' proposal to me, um, I was excited to work at Valor. I was pretty much going to be like, yeah, to whatever you guys said, because I wanted to work here at least for a little bit just because of knowing you guys and like knowing you. I mean, I donated to your Kickstarter. So it's like, you did. I've been a backer. Did you ever get your, your uh, gift? My, I got one of the mugs. Oh, I got the God. mug tier. Got a few more of those you can have if you want them. <laughs> I, it's okay. <laughs> I have way too many mugs already, dude. Mm. Uh, Who's out there that needs mugs? If if you want an OG Valor camp mug with a ridiculously old logo on it, is it this one? Smash like and comment, and we'll send it it to you. No, this is the it's pre that. Do you have? Do you know where they are? They just somewhere around here. I think they're like under the pallet rack. Okay. Nice. We're looking to you, Colson and Josh Cappuccino, <laughs> and, uh, Elias from Tetherball. Can I just take a quick? Oh, actually, the question's for you. So, never mind, Sam. All right, excellent. Um, Your experience. I I wanted to work here for a little bit just because I know you guys. I know the culture. Like, I understood your mission, and also like as people, not just like we're a business and this is what our business is, but like we are as people, this is what we want our business to be. And like, this is sort of our ultimate aim, I guess, so to speak, which I mean, mission statement is more or less what I'm referring to uplifting people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was a fan of that. I already knew a lot of people that worked here and like people that worked at the cafe, I've known Dale, I know all you guys, so I just figured it would be a fun work environment yep. as well as like, you know, potentially something good. And so I was imagining when I uh, like asked you that day, like if you guys were still hiring, if I was imagining that I would just be working at the cafe. Like I would imagine, I imagined it would just be another like five day a week service job. And then you hit me with the proposition of like, what if we did like this hybrid thing where basically at the beginning I just took over packaging the coffee because Dale was still roasting. Yep. And so Dale was roasting, Ross was packaging. Ross was like, hey, what if instead of working at the cafe five days a week, you work there like three days a week and then you do two days of work that I used to do at HQ. And I was like, intriguing, continue. And... Basically, you guys set out a more or less a long-term, not necessarily hard deadlines, but like a vision of what the role that you were creating would look like. And so 
it was like, this is ultimately, you had like a really clear vision that you were able to communicate to me during the interview. And so it didn't seem like just like hot air. And I wanted to work here. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so basically you were like, yo, we know Dale's not going to work here forever because he told us that at the beginning. Yep. And so eventually he's going to not be here and Riley doesn't need to be the roaster once he's not here. Riley needs to not be that. Yep. So ideally that would be you and then someone else would do the packaging and then you laid out the whole vision of like QC, green coffee sourcing, basically taking all of that off of Riley's plate and like that being a position. And then you also, even at that time, and I think even a little before, because I, I chatted every now and again, I would just like see you guys or talk to you or whatever. But like there was some point a long time ago, a long time ago, like a year, year and a half, where Riley was still saying like second cafe will probably be like sometime around late 2022, end of 2022, somewhere around then. So it was like you already had the vision for that. Like, Nice. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm always surprised and impressed when we're right. Isn't that funny? <laughs> really? We did it? I feel yeah. like it happens less than, less than we're wrong, maybe. Probably. Like I was looking at, I'm sorry, I just have to say this. Please. I was looking at a, uh, a note in my computer Uh-oh. of like all of the, all of my big projects. This was like a year ago. And I looked on it and there was probably eight projects and all of them are done. Wow. And I was like, Wow. This is great. That's my I, boss. I mean, that's my boss. Yeah, and now you just have nothing to do. And that's why I had nothing to do now. But like, honestly, though, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, uh, I kind of honestly, because I, um, I was just like, in, I was noticing, I was like, wait, what, what's next for me? Because like, I'm, this cart project's kind of wrapping up. And so, I, but so I like wrapping started up to, or ramping up, wrapping, wrapping and ramping. Well, like my uh, a chapter is wrap wrapping uh, up. Like it's pretty much done. I gotta show you. Yeah, some the pictures. cart it oh, goes shoo. up a ramp to get into the trailer. So Should we show ramping. show our listeners? Is there a way to do that? Yeah, if you ever drop me that, I already texted it to you the other day. Shudo. Um, just call me out. Anyways, man. so I was I was writing another one of those notes. Uh of like, what are my next big projects? What can I be doing? And that's when I saw that old note. And I was like, that's why I feel like I have nothing to do right now. Because all these things are I done. did it. Like, yeah, and I was awesome. like surprised. But I don't know. I guess I shouldn't be. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. You were, you were just talking about the vision we, we laid out. Yeah, so you, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, basically the role, and you guys touched on it a second ago, is just like someone who's dedicated to roasting, dedicated to sourcing green, dedicated to like, making that whole production side of the coffee before the cafe brews it as excellent as it can be. Like you want to pay yeah. someone whose job it is to like make that superb. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, and then you also introduced elements of like wholesale relations and like maybe some training with personnel and then also just general like QC. Like something you said to me that was really uh, appealing was like in an ideal world we want someone who like from the point of sourcing green coffee to like cup of coffee that you drink yeah at a cafe or a wholesale account yeah yep 
is there's one person that's involved. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, it's like there are different people involved in the different sections, but that you want someone who's like, hand is there, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the most surefire way to control for like the quality of the product. Yeah. And so that to me is awesome because I'm a big like brew science nerd because I worked in coffee shops for five years. And I'm also a science nerd because I went to college for science, mm-hmm. still going, but just not at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> not currently enrolled. But You're a yes. student. Yes. Always. Always. Uh, so all of that sounds fun. And I also, it's like learning to roast and like finding a new skill in this place. And then also just still being able to see people and relate to people because that is like, if I miss anything about the cafe, it's like the camaraderie of being behind the bar yeah. in the crush zone. It's fun. And then it's like someone walks in that like comes in every day or like every, the same day every week on the day that you're working and you're like, Ed, what's up, dude? Well shaken oat milk. I know how you like it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's like they smile and you just get to like banter with people and it's fun. And so like having an element of that and then also just an element where it's like, I can get really specific and like really dig into it as much as I want. Yeah. The idea of that was awesome. And so um, for me, it was like really low pressure because I wasn't like banking on this for a career or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I was just like, if like I'll, I'll see how this role develops because it's like right now I'm getting hired to package coffee and work on bar. And they've told me like, this is the, this is the vision that we have for like where we'll want you to be once we grow into that. And I think that's pretty close to how you phrased it as well. And so I was like, yeah, I'll see how it goes. And then as a consequence of that, of like my position growing as the company grows, my work week has been so turbulent over the last year. Yeah. You've, you've always been such a champion about like being flexible. It really is such a huge value in a startup. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't really have anything else that uh, I have to do. So <laughs> it's like other than be awesome. Yeah, but and that's more food. that comes naturally, so hey, you got to eat. Uh, the cart pictures are live if you want to take a yeah, look yeah, at yeah. them. Yep. We we decided to ramp back up the cart everybody. So uh we uh we built it out of wood last time. Well, really your dad did. My dad, yeah. You had it built. When I say your, I mean Riley's dad. Our dad. (laughs) And we were like, let's go metal this time. So we hit up Brad at Radiant Metalworks. Of course. Where else will we go? Brad, I know you're listening. Look no further. Yeah, this is Brad right here. No, that's my (laughs) wife and my unborn child. Yeah, Brad. (laughs) What's up? Nah, this is Brad, right? You can see him really well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like four pixels. Yeah, yeah what? it's four pickles. It's like four, I love it's like pixels. four pickles. Pickles. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, you do, Shoot, dude. So we're gonna we're gonna give that thing a. Uh, he's not done with it. It's not gonna look that scary. It kind of looks like a uh, a monster jam thing. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, monster jam, like a monster nope. truck. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a monster truck. Yeah, it looks like it'd be hard to destroy. I agree. Uh, but it's a lot lighter. Dude, is it tapered? Yeah. Oh, we got the taper. We got the taper. Yeah. I thought we weren't gonna get it. No, we got it. They said we wouldn't get the taper. But yeah. But look at us. Anyways, now. we're gonna start back up the the wedding 
game. It'll be a, a light color. Yes. It'll have a countertop. Yes. That isn't there. That Correct. will go in this area. And it'll probably say Valor. Valor on it. We'll just get coffee sometimes, right? Coffee sometimes. <laughs> It'll be the coffee sometimes cards. mobile unit. Yeah. yeah. Ariel's gonna paint Valor on there. Ariel, I know you're listening. <laughs> okay. uh, we need I'll, to add something to your to do list. We're gonna need to have a chat about uh, your workload and your vision. Uh, anyways, so Indeed. we're excited about that. You know, that's super sick. Yeah, I'm also excited about that because I I want some priority dibs on some of those gigs. Yeah, man, you got it. You and everyone else, man. It's a hot commodity. Yeah, yeah, our, but they all get to work on bar all the time. That's what I'm saying. We act. Whoa. Our idea with it is when we first started. I'll be really transparent here. Why don't you? When we first started doing events, we had no where to do events, and we would be like, "We'll do it for two hours, three hundred dollars, three hundred bucks," and we wouldn't make any money. We would, you know, we would profit some money. It I wonder if we ever lost money from an event. Oh my gosh, for sure. Well, you're paid in in publicity, so exposure. Yeah, paid in publicity. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so now, you know, as as we advance, ad- advanced along. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know, Ethan. As we advanced, we started charging more and more. And more. Uh, so where I think at the end we wouldn't really do an event for less than what thirteen hundred. At the end, it was like we never did something less than a thousand. A thousand was like our our uh, minimum. But we still didn't. You know, it was still the, the three of us, or maybe an employee working it, and we didn't take any money. Money. Yeah. From it. I but think they, we, we would, would, take we would like, pay the employee, but I think we would like take sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah that's for some of the mention. events. So th- it still wasn't very profitable. Um, with this, it, with this unit, we're not really going to do events for less than you know eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars because we want to be able to pay the people, the three people it takes to man it well, and. Honestly, we just give a pretty dang good product at these things. We're, we're really confident in it. And, and we want to beef up our options, too, as absolutely. far as yeah. kegs. And that just requires more manpower, more time beforehand. Yeah. Just a nicer nicer thing. Absolutely. So uh, we're excited to do it, and it'll be cool for our employees because they'll be able to all make, like, some 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 good money to Eight, go do an event. dollars Yeah, like $1,000 yeah, $1, a piece. $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one person's gonna have to do it all the time. They're gonna make like four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. 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 That's me. <laughs> four hundred and thirty million dollars a year. Yes. Yes. Uh coffee is not cheap. Okay. Dude, these days. Call it five bucks. Yeah. Call it five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's I'm sorry, yeah. what? Oh. I was just gonna say let's call it five bucks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, say it. Hey. Something else I wanted to say, because I do want to gush on you guys a little bit. Oh. Uh, stop. No, don't stop. Yeah, that's going. That's Bring it. it on. What do you got? Basically, um, Ross, it reminded me of it because you were saying like you guys didn't get paid for these gigs. Basically, all of you guys started a business and then were also just working like full time elsewhere, making money that way. So it was like you were spending like anywhere between 25 and 30 hours each 
for Valor and then working like 40 hours, or 35, 40 hours, like making money. And whether it was like gigs or uh, clocking in at Nito or whatever it was, Chrome Yellow, your decade there. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the decade. The manager, owner. <laughs> the coner. The coner. The coner. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, it was easy. I knew that there was, like, there's obviously no guarantee when you're, like, laying out this vision or whatever, but it's like, I believed in you guys before I worked for you when we were, like, peers and, like, coworkers. And just because, like, I saw how hard you guys were working and I saw how seriously you took it and I saw, like, your dedication and your vision and just, like, your general work ethic for this stuff um, and just, like, the amount you guys were just reading on top of actually working in order to, like, learn and do this stuff. Uh, I was like, these guys are going to be successful. And so I was, like, 18, 19 or whatever, and it was just like, this is sick. Because it was cool, too, because you guys we're my friends and uh it's just cool to see people that like you care about like really succeed and mm. like dedicate themselves to something and like work your butts off basically for like four years like just working yeah i'm still building the muscle in my posterior yeah you know, it's still not there you know ross just said posterior do you guys know what that means something about the yes. butt the bottom <laughs> work your butt off yeah. Come on, guys. Keep I up. got it. Keep up. Oh. Um, so it was like when you were offering that to me, it was pretty easy to believe that it would happen because it's like, and I wasn't putting like any kind of hard deadline. I was like, we'll see how it goes. And I'll just like, you know, every six months to a year, I'll think about like, how has my position changed? How have I grown? How have they delivered on what they've said? Yeah. And so I've kind of done that, you know, within myself. And then also we have monthly health checks. And so... I get to tell my boss how I feel about it as well and yeah. how I think it's going. And you can be really like transparent and really candid. I'm glad we were able to knock that out today on the show. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, just kidding. And so... Come on, guys. You guys aren't laughing at my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're funny. That's my thought. You think the listeners are laughing? I just can't hear they're them? Like, they're, I think they're still on the posterior. <laughs> they're like, what? They had to. They paused and had to. Yeah, like, they're like, "Babe, get in here. You got. <laughs> let me rewind this. You got to hear this dude, fire joke." You just said posterity. Oh, Ross Tippity Tap Walters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's super sweet stripes. Thanks, thanks, man. buddy. Thank you so much, uh, Sam. I heard that you prepared something for us today. Yes, I have a little bit to talk about. Uh, I don't know. You'll have to just tell me. I have like a logical flow sequence set up that culminates talking about our, it's not really pivotal that I go into huge detail about the orange wash, but our new black box offering is like the last thing I was going to touch on. So if you guys really, really went into depth with it, then we can just kind of skim over it again. But I wanted to talk about the whole idea of like, like experimental processes and then specifically just like fermentation in coffee and like what that does. I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I did a little bit of stuff. And because that is like, the more I looked into it, it's like I kind of needed like an organic chemistry textbook 
really to Whoa. like if I really wanted to like go into super depth about like everything that's going on and the flavors and stuff because it's all it's all like metabolic processes in yeast and bacteria is like what the fermentation thing does with coffee in general but it's like the whole anaerobic thing is the new I can't remember which one of you guys said it but it's like anaerobics are the new natural coffee like natural sun-dried I remember I'm sure you guys probably can remember too like pretty close to the first time you had a natural sun-dried coffee and it was like what really got me into like oh coffee can kind of be like awesome it doesn't taste like my dad's way too strong eight o'clock pre-ground eight o'clock made in a percolator he kept it in the freezer yeah (laughs) uh but yeah, I. Do you guys remember the first like natural coffee you had? Yes. Do you remember yes. what it was called? Booze. One, two, three. Buzira Guhindwa. Can you spell it? B U Z I R G U H D W A. Buzira Guhindwa. Okay, great. I think. Uh, Riley, can you edit the spelling of the word? It's going to be like B S Q R T U V W. Uh, mine was Idido. <gasps> yes. Which wow. is another excellent coffee. I had it at my brother's house. I was like 13 or 14. Both from counterculture. Yep. Counterculture opened the eyes of a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it was especially cool that they offered that coffee as natural and washed. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that that gave me some perspective yeah it blew my mind too because i went to man what was that shop called near the mall of georgia that was a counterculture shop. boulder creek boulder. yes yes boulder creek i went there and they had a bag of it and i didn't know i didn't know about processes it's like i had the coffee and it was good my brother wasn't like oh well, it's a natural and like here's naturals he's like yeah it's pretty good huh because <laughs> that's like that's him yeah and he maybe just didn't know much about it also and just like thought it was good and someone told him to buy it but I went to the shop and I got the washed one unknowingly and tried it. And I was like, this is not the same. Mm. And so. And you're straight up like 14? Yeah. That's young. I was like 14, 15. That's crazy. Uh, That was like my first experience with good coffee, Mm -hmm. was that natural. And so I was like looking into the whole thing with anaerobic fermentation and what goes on with that. And the idea is basically these flavors, even in natural sun-dried coffees that are just like put on drying racks for anyone that doesn't know like what a natural sun-dried is. Uh, basically it's like you pick the cherries, the coffee, coffee seeds, the coffee beans are actually seeds of cherries. Wake up people. And, uh, most of the time, like in a wash process, you pick the fruit and then you, depulp it which is getting all of the fruit off and you wash it and then you let the actual coffee the green coffee seed dry on these racks like on the screen but with naturals what you do is you leave you pick the fruit leave it on and let it sit for some amount of time days sometimes weeks that's what's pictured here yeah you got so this is natural processing cherries just sitting out, out in the sun and then after an amount of time they'll wash it off and then uh, let the coffee beans dry again, and then you're like ready to ship them, basically. And so, what that like 
contributes to the flavor of the coffee is a lot of like brightness and acidity and uh, just like generally fruity flavors, which in washed coffees are much more muted or just much less present in general. And so uh, they really hit the scene back in like the early 2010s and they were very successful because it was just like a totally new, newly accessible flavor profile for coffee, even within specialty coffee. So it kind of revolutionized the game. Um, and then it became a big buzzword. And then in recent years, there's been something called anaerobic fermentation, which is a little different, which actually, before I go on to this, I was looking into, I was trying to find like some zany coffee knowledge, but Riley told me I couldn't talk about the cat poop coffee, but I'm about to. (laughs) But in, in addition to other things, I was looking into this, looking into anaerobic fermentation. I was looking into this. I was like, is there anything like poop coffee that is not poop coffee? Uh, and there is one. There are monkeys in India. Do you know about this one? I think they're called rusus or rhesus. It's R-H, either U-S-E-S or E-S-U-S. Monkeys. It's a species of monkey. And they live somewhere where coffee grows. They eat the cherries and then spit out the seeds. And then enzymes in the seed cause certain like fermentation processes to occur that impart like specific flavors. Like from the spit of the monkey? Yes. The saliva of the monkey <laughs> affects like how the coffee grows over the course of time and then they wash it and they dry it. And it makes it like, it's similar to the whole acidity, funky, like fruity thing, but they just don't actually swallow it and pass it. It's God's almost, green earth. It's, Hallelujah. It's almost like they're eating it like a cherry. Right, exactly. Then, so do you think those monkeys are in captivity and then they have like a graded floor? You mean like a zoo? No, I no. doubt it's like a zoo. I doubt it's a spectator thing, yeah. <laughs> I would bet yes. I couldn't find anything because I did try to look into that. Aren't I would think it's a funny guy today, huh? <laughs> If you're going to industrialize it or like try to make like streamline that whole process, because I'm sure like a, lo- a long time ago, it's just like follow the monkey around, pick up the ones that it spits out or whatever. Now it's probably like much more like sad. Well, that's definitely <laughs> how the cat poop coffee is. It's sad. It's, it's like a, a force feed kind of thing. Ooh, that's like a foie gras. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Calibrated. And so basically the similarities between natural process and this thing with the monkeys and the poop coffees and anaerobic is that they all involve the fermentation process, which is like by definition an anaerobic process. It's, it's, do you guys remember, take you back to high school biology, glycolysis, this word? No. No. It is. I was too busy flirting with my future wife. Nice. I was not doing that. I you were listening. I was paying attention in <laughs> biology class. <laughs> but basically it's like the first part of cellular respiration, which is the thing that you're like mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, it's how they make energy. It's called cellular respiration. It uses oxygen. And glycolysis is the first step of the process. It basically has a really low and inefficient energy out to energy in ratio. It's like you basically you put in two ATP, two energy units, and you get four 
out. So you net mm. two energy units. Whereas like cellular, cellular respiration, you get, you put in a sugar, two energy units, you get two net two, positive two out. And then cellular respiration is something like net positive 36 huh. energy units out for two, for one sugar molecule and two energy input. And so it's a lot more bang for your buck, but it requires oxygen. And so there's yeast and bacteria present in the cherries, and they will begin to act. It's like why fruit decays is this fermentation process, and it's present in like alcohols and stuff. But it's like when it's decaying, it starts smelling bad and stuff. It's fermentation. And so even though there's oxygen in the air, there is an amount of this that goes on that doesn't use oxygen because mm. bacteria and yeast can do both. Like, at, like honestly, yeast cell- cellular respiration is the same as like human cells, but it will just do this glycolysis thing. And because like there's not a lot of oxygen present within the flesh of the cherry, it will ferment a bit. So you're telling me that all fermentation in a way is anaerobic fermentation. Yeah. The, the chemical process of fermentation doesn't use oxygen. And anaerobic means no oxygen or less oxygen. Yeah. And so it, it is your, the natural question is like, what's the distinction then? Like, why do they call it that? Yeah. Because natural sun-dried coffees are fermenting, and that's like where the flavor is coming from. And so the idea of anaerobic is that you control the actual environment around the coffee yeah. to deprive it of oxygen. Because while there's fermentation happening with this natural sun-dried thing, it's not necessarily happening with... Uh, or like exclusively. And it's also, you guys know this, I think too, like it's really not well controlled. Like natural sun-dried coffees can really, the same coffee, the same crop in cup brewed can vary a lot just based on like whether they were harvested at the beginning of the harvest day and depulped or by the end of the harvest day, six hours in, they had a whole extra day of whatever fermenting in the sun, sitting in the sun. It changes how the coffee tastes. And... Mm. So these like anaerobic coffees, like our prior offering, the fan favorite worka, Ethiopia worka Sakaro, anaerobic natural, uh, is basically the whole process with anaerobic. What is denoted there is that they're put into a vessel and then sealed airtight, and then they pump CO2 in there somehow. The, the best way that I read online was like, tube in the bottom, CO2 pump into through the bottom, and then like a one-way valve at the top of the barrel or the mm. vessel pushes like oxygen kicks. out. Exactly. Yeah. And to speak in terms that our listeners can understand. Yeah, yeah. you guys all, all know Sankeys. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Get... <laughs> uh, and so that like restricts any amount of cellular respiration that could happen or would happen. It makes it impossible because if there's no oxygen to use, it's exclusively uh, fermentation. And then specifically with, with uh, like yeast and bacteria, it's um, alcohol fermentation, which is the same thing that happens for alcohol. But basically the byproduct is like ethanol, which is the alcohol that's in beer and wine and spirits. And then a bunch of different acids and energy. And so they basically go through all the sugar that's in the cherry flesh until they run out or until it gets too alcoholic and the yeast actually starts dying from the alcohol concentration. That's what happens in beer. Uh, it's like it reaches a point where it's like a certain alcoholic content and the yeast starts dying. 
And uh, so they do that. And in these environments where they like rid it of oxygen, they actually can just control it a lot more. It's a lot more controlled and they can be a lot more precise with like the amount of time and like even things that come down to temperature. I don't know if you guys talked about that with the orange wash or not, Mm -mm. but we'll, uh, we'll get there then. That's fun. Uh, and then there will be a pop quiz. I'm going to test your palate. Can I ask some questions real quick? Yeah, please. So you said that the, the anaerobic environment removes cellular respiration. Yeah. Why is cellular respiration bad? Can you remind me of that? So it's not necessarily bad, but it's like the point of letting a coffee be a natural or like leaving the cherry on is that the fermentation product process, the byproducts of that are like a bunch of acids and compounds, like bio compounds that are absorbed by the coffee bean. And that is what changes the flavor of the coffee. That's yeah. like those acids that are absorbed are what are those fruity notes, the, ac- the acidity in the coffee. It's like yeah. those are what contribute that flavor to the product. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you want, if the molecules are using are going through cellular respiration, a lot of these byproducts are either consumed or reduced along the process, and you lose a lot of those acids in order to make a greater amount of energy for the same amount of sugar. Mm. And so you want to restrict that process. Um, So that's why, basically. T, do you have another question? I do. Can, Can you remember it while I ask a question about acidity? Yes. So for the next time you're on here, it could be cool to, because like acidity in coffee is such a hot topic with people that are in the industry and also people that just, you know, drink eight o'clock coffee from their freezer. Yeah. Like you like hear, Steve. you hear, yeah, like Steve, like Steven, um, you hear people talking about it certainly from different angles. Like the way that we would talk about acidity is in a perceived sense of like, you know, I'm getting a lot of acidity and we would maybe compare that to like a lime or a lemon or we're getting a yeah. malic acidity or a phosphoric, you know, yeah. kind of Coca-Cola thing. So we would talk about it from that angle, whereas someone else that is not in the industry would talk about it like, I don't like that coffee. It's acidic. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. To which I've always heard that and I've been like, what is the pH? Oh yeah, that'd be fun. You know, so how do you how do you measure pH? How would you do that in coffee? Do uh, you know? I mean, probably the same way that you'd measure any other solution. There's just there's uh, electrodes. There's a device that you can buy like a like a refractometer. Okay. But it's this a device that is sensitive pH. Basically, all it measures. I can't remember exactly the math of it because it was a long time ago that people were doing it. But it's effectively a number that relates to the amount of free hydrogen atoms that are present in a solution and so more hydrogen is more acidic less hydrogen is less acidic or more basic yeah and so okay. a ph is like an inverse log like lowercase ph for hydrogen oh okay that makes sense yeah it would be so cool to take i'm picturing three coffees one is eight o'clock coffee you know breakfast blend yep one is free throw or workers' comp. 
I don't know. One of those. And then one is like this the orange, orange wash. Orange wash. Or the Workus Caro, yeah. Yeah. And just see how they compare. What is actually the pH? I have no idea, honestly. You know? Yeah. Because the perceived acidity would certainly be different yeah. in how you taste it. But what is actually like, is there any is there any validity to people saying like, oh, I don't like that coffee. It's acidic. It makes my stomach hurt. I think, honestly, there is. this uh, That book that I read on roasting... The Hitchhiker's Guide to Roasting, uh, <laughs> Roaster's Companion. Yeah, is it mentions how over time, like if you actually brew a cup of coffee and then you let it sit out in the air, it actually gets more acidic over time just because acids are generated reacting with the oxygen. Okay. Um, so I would imagine there is a measurable difference in acid content of the coffees, but I don't know how much of it necessarily is uh, how much the actual acidity is contributing to the flavor notes. Because I don't know. That's what I was talking about with the organic chemistry book. It's like I don't know what any of these compounds that are actual byproducts, like I don't know the molecular structure of any of the things that are actually being absorbed by the coffee bean to change the flavor. I don't know what they look like. And I wasn't good enough at organic chemistry so long ago that I would even remember really how they would function with oxygen or function in a solution that's mostly water and like how they'd react with it. But that's the thing too, is it's like water ideally has a pH of seven, which is like complete neutral. Like if it's pure water, distilled water. Uh, and so then it's like all the things that are put in it, there are, are bases and acids, I guess, in coffee. Water's thirsty. Yeah. Like it takes, are you, is, that, is that what you're saying? Like it takes like from whatever solution is exposed to, it takes that property from it yeah so it's like yeah and um like they're the compounds it's like you talk about aromatic aromatic compounds that is a class of chemical in organic chemistry that's just like a carbon ring molecule with whatever added around it sometimes nothing sometimes whatever but it's like I don't know what any of the aromatic compounds that are byproducts of the fermentation that would take place with whatever species are present, whatever species of yeast and bacteria are present present in the fruit. <laughs> president. I don't know. I don't know any of that. But it's like you literally could. It's like organic chemistry, like field day of. There's a bunch of questions that I was googling and like trying to find some answers. But yeah. I just think there's probably not anyone with a enough of a base of knowledge to like actually explore these things meaningly that's done it yet. Yeah. Are you going to be the first? <laughs> I don't really have a, a degree in organic chemistry. Come on. Dude. Who needs I got degree? like a C plus in that class. It was hard. I, I have one B more plus in organic one. In that, in that y- you may, you may say, uh, bro, this I, is... and my bladder is going to explode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, act- just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. Please go. I was trying <laughs> So I have another question, Sam. It's yeah, what of, is it? It's kind of. <laughs> I'm super curious. It's kind of related to uh, this whole organic chemistry thing. Um, I was at the cafe on Saturday, and uh, I ordered a drip coffee, and I tasted it, and I was like, "Something's off about this," uh, but I can't really put my finger on what it is. And I slowly started to realize it's th- it had the same flavor as uh, like pre-ground coffee. Um, like coffee that had been ground a while ago and coffee that was sitting, you know, exposed to the oxygen. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, I'm picking up this flavor. 
and I start like looking around to see like are they pre-grinding coffee and uh and I saw on the shelf they had like a a filter full of pre-dose pre-ground coffee and I was like maybe I need to ask Ethan later like is this was this pre-ground um and in case it needs to be said this is in no way a dig to our team at all oh no never, never. Um, and we sound sarcastic not because we're sarcastic, but because we're serious. Amen. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. It's in no way a dig that they were they were within protocol yeah, by doing sure. this. This was more of an analysis of the system itself. Yep. Um, but anyways, so I was like thinking as we're talking, is there a way to scientifically analyze on a chemical level? like a coffee that has like what is that flavor present that that's what i would that's what i want to know that's like the the thing in what's question. the difference bro i mean there's a way to do it but it's probably like like multi-million dollar equipment like universities write grants to get paid to have equipment that can do this kind of stuff because well let's get it going man i mean <laughs> let's just get in bed with a university yeah like what were you harvard I couldn't uh, tell you like chemically exactly what's going on, but I do think I, I mean, if I were to freshen up on this stuff, I'm sure that it has something to do with like being open, like surface area, being exposed to air. I wouldn't be surprised if especially now that it's like a little warmer in the cafe, and also if they sit in the basket in the brew chamber mm. in the filter, if that gets like like above room temperature, like moisture 80 degrees, and heat. moisture, heat, yeah. probably starts something. And uh, it, I would, I'm not surprised at all because I do know what you're talking about too. That that like papery thing, and it's interesting. It's a good point because I had never thought about it, but I had noticed there was a while when we first got this Costa Rica. I was just like underdeveloping it a little bit, and I started roasting it a little bit more, and it started tasting awesome. And then there was like one day I noticed that it didn't taste as awesome, and I was like, "Huh, I guess I messed up the roast or something." And so I'm like paying attention to that stuff and I wasn't convinced that that actually was the cause. And I was like, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it's like something with the brewer or, mm. or what, but it's, that would make sense, especially if they sit out for longer than like a few minutes. Um, yeah. Cause just degassing in general, more surface area and like grinding and agitating them and moving them around and then putting them in a moist environment. And that's a little bit warmer it's just going to cause stuff to happen that is not as controlled, basically. Yeah, and it's oxidizing. Like you're, it's degassing, and the gas is what CO two, probably CO two. I don't necessarily yeah. know. Even I could find out for next time. It's degassing, and it's take it's oxygen is making it give up its flavor. Yeah, like that's the the enemy of any organic right. material is like time and oxygen. Like the, you're universal reducer or something yeah which is like why we oh man this is good stuff i care about this so much (laughs) like we did a uh this is kind of an interesting story uh whole foods i know you're listening um they (laughs) todd the machine baby um so basically to work with whole foods as a coffee provider you have two options as it relates to uh, shelf life mm-hmm. and how you how you work all that you can either nitro flush your bags 
uh, or you cannot nitro flush your bags. And mm. what it means to nitro flush your bag. Yeah, everything's is, a binary if you think about it. Amen. Wow. wow. Easy. Um, you have this special sealer, and how it works is you put the bag of coffee under the sealer, and the first thing that happens is... What's so funny? Dude, I was just laughing at the fact that no one thought that joke was funny. I did. I thought it was funny. Anyway, the dude, best, the best I was jokes. just trying to maintain my composure because I was laughing at myself not getting laughs. Yeah, the best jokes don't get laughs. They get respect. That's right. Um, anyways, so... I respect that. The sealer shoots nitrogen gas. You have it hooked up to a nitrogen bottle. Shoots it in, in the bag. The sealer keeps the bag closed, holds the nitrogen in there, and then sucks out the uh, the nitrogen and with it the oxygen because anytime nitrogen goes into a bottle or bag or whatever it displaces the oxygen so the idea is to take away the oxygen in the bag real quick and then seal it yeah while oxygen doesn't get back yeah in there. and then also just a add to you kind of said this too but the cat it also at the initial part when it's shooting nitrogen in there it's also purging because yeah. there's only so much space for gas. So it's like nitrogen is going in. A lot of the oxygen is initially being displaced. And then also the little bit of oxygen with nitrogen that's left is then like vacuumed out and then sealed airtight. Yeah. yeah. So Whole Foods says, okay, if you, if you nitro flush your bags, we'll give you a 90-day shelf life. 90 days, three months basically for coffee, um, which if, if you're a coffee person listening you know, like the the specialty standard is like two weeks, which I think is kind of bo- bogus. I also think that we could talk about that a little bit too, if you want. But yeah, two weeks. I think ours is more like a month, especially for espresso. Like oh, yeah. freaking age your espresso; it's going to taste great. I agree. Um, anyway, so we started nitro flushing our bags because we just did. Like we thought it would be better, um, and then. One of the things I've just been most excited about about bringing you on, Sam, is I always have these questions of like like the thing I am obsessed with is there there are the things that we do as a company to be excellent, but do they actually translate to the customer? Yeah, like we can do all we want to to like to roast the best coffee ever. We can have the best processes behind the bar. But the only thing that matters is what does the liquid in that cup taste like? And then what does it taste like in 10 minutes? Like that's the only thing that matters because yeah. that's what the customer is. That's the experience. Experiencing, yeah. yeah. At least of the product. but Yeah, of like, the product alone. Um, and so we tested it. We said, okay, we are going to take a bag of our flagship blend free throw. It's wonderful. You should try it. It is wonderful. Um, 75% Brazil PB, 25% Honduras Natural. That's tight, bro. I, I haven't tasted it since the change. Oh, it's you, pretty good. I think it's, it's it. a lot truer to what free throw is. Cool. We took a bag Ooh. of free throw and we nitro flushed it. And we said, all right, we're going we're gonna to test this whole nitro flush thing. We set it on the shelf. Uh, and on that same day, we sealed a bag of free throw that was not nitro flushed. So we had a bag of nitro flushed free throw in a bag of just like free throw with oxygen. Yeah, like vacuum in it. sealed. Right. 
And then I think we, yeah. And then on the, then we had a, uh, on the day that we tasted those two coffees, we had a cupping bowl of free throw that was roasted probably three days ago yeah, or two days ago, whatever. Yeah. And so we did a taste test between like freshly roasted free throw, nitro flush free throw, and then vacuum sealed free throw with you oxygen. Remember the trick it. I played on you guys too? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so Sam set up the cupping, a little, little stinker. And he, uh, he said, uh, all right, we've got the nitro flush one right here. And we got the, the one with oxygen in it here. And I think we all picked the three month old coffee that was oxidized, right? Yeah. We all thought that it was better than the one that was nitro flushed. Yeah. And they also were all under the impression that it was. I just assumed they're going to be inclined to want to like the nitro flush one because it's supposed to be better. That was so I'm going to switch them. Yeah. Because we were the, the ones that paid $1,000 for that sealer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. So Wrap I was that like, up a, a few times. I was like, I'm going to just flip the nitro and the not nitro flush bags and see which one they pick and then they all picked they all said the nitro one tastes better and i was like i agree that one's not the nitro one (laughs) that one does taste better though and it was honestly surprising yeah i'm just gonna say that i was a liar on that day i totally thought the nitro one tasted better really yeah the actual the true nitro yeah and i just i just i i went with the Mob rule. The I, mob. I went with the mob. Or I was just like trying to talk myself into mm. the other one being better. Yeah. But you, but it was negligible. It was. And it was it was all so nuanced. Yeah. yeah. Like like yeah. Like they were they were both sealed bags though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would wonder what an open air three month. I was hoping. Yeah. It probably tastes like that. nothing. But we should I haven't sealed a couple more bags. Uh, since then, but I want to do it again just because it's like we have one data point right now, and yeah. also there's like a discrepancy with the judges. So, sure, I would also like to see it on like the Ethiopia, yeah, mm. yes, like Gera, yeah, or just whatever the washed Ethiopia of How the time is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that makes sense because I think people would care about the best tasting coffee regardless, but the person buying that coffee, the demographic will probably care and know a little more. If they bought Ethiopia and Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. They honestly both, because we were going to do it for 30 days was like the prescription. That was like our methodology. And then we just ended up forgetting about it for like an additional two months. And I was surprised at, how good it still tasted after three months. That is really like what opened my eyes. I've just been tasting old-ish, quote-unquote old-ish coffee more recently just from like being here and like, it's like, dude, I have like maybe seven, six or seven ounces of that F1 at home Uh from like the last, from when we had that. And it's like we brew it on the literal, the one button. What is the name of that machine? Bonavita. Bonavita. And it still tastes awesome. And it's literally just in one of those like kilo bags with the thing rolled. And it like yeah. it still tastes awesome. So it's interesting. Mm. And then it's like those coffees were 90 days. And they I was like, this tastes like free throw still. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like... They were like, yeah, it was really surprising. So I think that the whole like two weeks thing is a little bougie, in my opinion, but to each his own. Yeah, listeners, uh, we whenever we started doing this podcast, we thought it would be so cool to have a recurring segment with uh, Sam here of like de- debunking coffee myths. So if you, if you guys have any sort of ideas for things you'd be interested in, interested in Sam testing. First of all, smash a like. Yeah. <laughs> first of all. Yeah. First thing you got to do, smash like. You actually can't. You can't comment on videos on YouTube until you've liked them, actually. Yeah, so, I don't know if you guys knew don't that. Don't try that, though. Just like it, and then you can comment. Yeah. <laughs> and our dislike button actually doesn't work. So yeah, it's broken. Yeah. Well, none of them do you on YouTube, You have to smash like anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, comment below, because that pushes the algorithm, too. Right, boys? Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah it's um, all about comment board. below yeah, yeah. of uh, what you want to see tested on the Coffee Sometimes podcast. Lately, it's more like coffee all the time podcast. Am I right? Yes. Yo. You are so right, bro. <laughs> Smash like if you agree. Smash like if you uh, laughed. I have a question. I've been Dying waiting, okay. what, 20 minutes? You've been sitting there ask. the whole time yeah, I just waiting. Moved. Yeah. Uh, so do you know anything about the ethanol slash alcohol content of the juices that are left behind in the fermentation process? Um, dude, I don't know. That's what I was saying earlier. Cause it's like, if it's in this, it's probably like a natural sun dried. I would imagine now, all of this is speculation. I'll preface, but I would imagine it's very low in those mm-hmm. because, and then it's all going to get washed off with just regular water with something like the orange wash where it's like, they actually use the product of the fermentation to macerate the coffee afterwards. It, it, I don't know, it would basically, there's a way to figure it out if there's enough research on the species that are present that are doing the fermentation because you can just say you have 72 hours of fermentation in an environment that has this much carbon dioxide and this little oxygen. And then it's just a math problem at that point of like, like for every unit of liquid produced, there's this much, this portion of it is alcohol. So if we have... 20 pounds of cherries and then blah, 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 blah. It's just a math problem, but I don't know the variables and I don't, I couldn't find anything like that either. There probably, I was thinking about this too with saying that like no one's done it yet. There probably is someone who is either doing it or has done it, but it's like a book. It's like not going to be free on Google and just like common knowledge. Cause this is all pretty like, Cutting edge seems like a pretty pretentious word, but it's very new. Well, you got to put hours and money into figuring out this stuff. Exactly. So and so it's like if you're the first person doing it, you're going to have to like sell it. Which, guys, if you don't know what Orange Washed is and you, ha- you didn't list- listen to the last episode, the boys fully, a full comprehensive definition of Orange Washed, right, boys? 100%. Yeah, except for the part about temperature, which we're going to get into. Will Shirts told us about a coffee textbook he had and i don't remember what it was will we know you're listening please let us know (laughs) yeah what the book was uh i'm sure a listener out there will know it's huge i remember it was like hundreds of dollars it's like a starbucks yeah probably i think it's the monk of mocha right yeah it was monk of mocha that was it (laughs) huh (laughs) 
Come on, guys. Wait, I were you asking because you want to make like a coffee wine one day? No, I'm sure someone out there has no, is already or has already Maybe. done that. Be more of a cascara wine, no? Yeah, because it's kind of the really the fruit that's yeah. doing it, right? Why are you yeah. out to get me right now, dude? Um, we boys. Your question. We're boys. I promise. No, that was that was my that was my question. Really, that's the best I can do now. But if I ever find a book about it, okay. I have two questions. Okay, I have two things to say. One, do you have an easy way to explain oxidation? I feel like we've been dancing around that term because, especially while you were talking about fermentation and cellular cellular respiration, I was like, we're talking about oxygen restricted. But when oxygen is ample, it's like a different bad thing happens. Or not mm. that. So I was going to Google the definition. I don't know technically. Can you def- yeah get the definition of that? While you're looking at that, this has <laughs> to do with it. One of the next things I'd want to do. Google like, what happens when something is oxidized. Or yeah, do one of these. Anyway, go ahead, Ethan. One of the like debunkers that I would want to focus on, maybe because we've been bringing in people into the cafe lately that have worked in coffee before, but I, I want to know about like quality of s- espresso mechanics with like how long should a shot, like a portafilter sit with dry coffee in it before you start to see decreasing mm. in quality and then with temperature, not temperature, but like quality of shot post brew because there's, I think the Starbucks mantra kind of put it on the map a while ago. Like, you got 10 seconds to use this espresso before it, I don't know what the word is. Shot's going to die. Shot, yeah, shot's going to die. Well, you mean brewed espresso? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess all those variables aren't as cut and dry as just testing with a refractometer, right? Because you have other variables taking place. Yeah. So extraction percentage can't be your end-all be-all. For sure. For how it's going to taste. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I pulled an espresso, waited 15 minutes, drank it next to a fresh brewed one, and I was like, temperature aside, these taste exactly the same. Yeah. But one looks really bad. One looks all like crusty and dark while the other one has that like fresh look to it but when it comes down to taste i was like this is the same yeah yeah and i think particularly especially talking post pulling a shot like if a shot sits there for five minutes and then gets put in like even no flavor but like an iced oat milk cappuccino or like a hot six ounce drink uh it's not gonna. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be confident that I could tell a difference. Be like, oh yeah, this shot's five minutes old and this one's fresh. I don't think I'd be able to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try one time, like grinding into the portafilter, and then like ground one into a portafilter, tamped it, let it sit for ten minutes, and then ground another one and pull them both at the same time. And that's the that's the espresso machine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the one that sat out for 10 minutes tasted worse, tasted over-extracted. And probably similarly to that, like, papery thing, but just espresso is so much more, like, pungent that it wasn't 
it's it's never as clear and identifiable. But it was like, this one definitely tastes worse. So I wouldn't recommend doing that uh, as much as possible. Well, that's what's interesting to me in the cafe world is that a dry prepped espresso aesthetically looks a lot better than if you brewed a bunch of espresso and had a bunch of old espresso sitting out. Yeah. I'm, and this is semantics about like processes and what to do in a rush, but like, because someone's, someone's always trying to get ahead and get prepped. It's just like how, what's the most tasty way to do that? Yeah. At what point do you want it to oxidize? Yeah. Is it while it's ground or is it while it's brewed? And then also the amount of time too. I think like, I honestly think the lifespan of, of ground espresso is shorter than like brewed espresso. And the, the lifespan of ground espresso is shorter than the lifespan of ground drip. Yeah. Because there's more surface area because it's more finely ground. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, though. But if you tamp it and it's like compact and maybe the air can't get in there as much, I have no idea how much that would yeah. affect the air actually getting to all that surface area because it might be pretty restricted to just like that top bit. Right. But that doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless it's like the top bit is what gets over extracted and then you just have like uneven extraction because you have like a normal shot and then like an over extracted. Like if you tamp unevenly, same sort of idea. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So who knows? A lot of questions. Interesting stuff. This is the stuff that I was told I'd be paid to think about. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, bro. Uh, it's literally true. So oxidation in my memory, I want to try to see if I get this right before I read this page. But I'm pretty sure it's when... Uh, I don't know if it's just oxygen, but it's... Oxidation, oxygen is very like electronegative is the term, which means it wants to take electrons from other atoms who Mm. want to lose them. And so oxidation, named after oxygen, is like when it takes an electron from something, whether it's like in a ionic or covalent bond, the two different types of bonds in chemistry. Of course. Boring, I know, I know. We got to teach the baristas this. (laughs) Basically, it refers to some kind of movement between electrons and like molecular bonds. And For when sure. something's oxidized, it loses an electron, I think, or loses some. You read it, dude. You already read it. Loss of electrons or an increase in the oxidation state of a chemical or atoms within it. Oxidation state. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And so, all yes. this to bring you guys better lavender vanilla lattes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but which, which bond is like sexier, the ionic or the covalent? Which one's better? Yeah, which one do you like? Comment which one do you like below. Are you an ionic head or a covalent head? I want to know, what was oxygen named after? Was there some guy named like Johnny Oxygen or something? (laughs) Johnny Oxygen. Yes, actually. All right. Welcome to the Valor Misinformation Podcast. Because if you look at the periodic table, there's some weird names on there. Like, isn't there one named after like America or something? No. There should be. I don't know. Independentium. That's you, Riley. Bro. That's because he's. Oh, look, there it is. AM, America. Americium. I was right. Atomic number 95. Now, which America? You got South America. You got Central America. You got the United States of. There's Californium or something. Neptunium. Einstein. These things, Einsteinium. Boo. I don't even know. This is fake. Those are <laughs> fake, bro. Dude, birds aren't real. It's not fake. They just 
uh, don't really happen in nature. It's like you can make them in a lab. Those that big number in the top right versus like gold, whatever it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm interested. <laughs> no, we're listening. We're listening. Uh, hover over <laughs> AU, atomic number seventy nine. Seventy nine. Up, up, up oh. purple. Booyah. One ninety six versus this one at the bottom right that's brown. Two sixty two. So it's like a time, like one point four times bigger, something like that, and. Uh, basically the, the compounds or the elements are just so heavy that they make these by in labs basically and they're really unstable and they all from what I understand like decay in a matter of like literally milliseconds it's like you can create it and like as like a proof of concept of like mm. physics allows for this element to exist mm. but it doesn't really happen anywhere like Iron Man when he made that element yeah. yes Exactly like that. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. That actually, I've seen a lot of physicists talk about that, and they all said that it was the most accurate depiction of science that they've ever seen in a movie before. Are you you serious? serious? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) What? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Dude, watch it. Iron Man 2, bro. The best one. Iron Man 2. Just kidding. It was the worst one. Uh, He creates an element that goes into his chest. Because he's getting poisoned or something by the other thing. It doesn't matter. You ever wonder why he has superpowers? Let's talk about why oxidation relates to uh, the electrons. Here's what happens. Electrons, acids, have free hydrogen. And so oxygen will react when you oxidize something you take, man, I think I'm about to remember this backwards. Reduction is the gain of electrons. So oxygen will work, I think, in order to neutralize acids. And so these things that are present in coffee, the aromatic compounds, I'm not sure exactly all the like intricacies of the chemistry that's going on, but oxygen that's present basically acts as an oxidizing agent. And eliminates or neutralizes certain compounds that are present uh, in the coffee. Mm. And so it's like that when we're talking about like oxidation happening post roast, like with the ground coffee or with the actual brewed thing, it's oxygen basically reacting, taking electrons from elements, just chemistry happens. And if you're in an environment with oxygen, it's going to constantly be reacting with the chemicals that are in the coffee and uh, changing the composition of the drink, basically, and that's going to change how it tastes. And so that's the that's what we're talking about with that. That's like the cer- the baseline knowledge. Mm. Any other questions? Because I have two more things. Short. Keep it moving, man. All right. First Sorry, of you all, guys. No more questions. I realized, or I had an I- I had an idea, and then I just double checked it with Google. But I was thinking about these poop coffees. I felt like I remembered that like they your GI tract, like your digestive system, is a very oxygen restricted environment, funnily oh, enough. And it's like all of these coffees oh. have what makes them taste crazy is the fermentation that goes on through the GI tract because their bodies don't digest the seeds but it digests everything else, and the yeast and the bacteria in the gut are reacting and adding a bunch of byproducts. So it's like a processing method. It literally is a bio-like process, basically, and That's cool. of the coffee. And so I, I Googled it. I didn't double-check this anywhere else. It was like the first article that came up, but it's like <laughs> maximum 10% of the gas in your intestines are oxygen. 
So it's like everything else is like nitrogen, CO2, and then whatever else makes up the atmosphere. And so there's not a lot of oxygen, so there's not a lot of space for that kind of like respiration to go on. And so I would imagine, I haven't read a book where someone actually tested the chemical content of a poop, coffee, green seed. You just call it PC. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but I would imagine like w- these things, the way that the notes are described in the coffees from, there's like monkeys, they do the spitting, cats, birds, elephants, bats, all have like poop, a PC variant. Poop products. Yeah. And they taste differently because of the enzymes, which are proteins that make digestion easier, make chemical reactions happen more readily, are different because they're different species. They use different molecules to make the stuff happen. And so it imparts like different byproducts into the coffee bean. And so it's like this old fashioned way of like an anaerobic process. And then people realize maybe that that's like what's happening. And so they create an environment. Wait, are you suggesting that anaerobic process was created (laughs) through what has naturally occurred in creation? It's a synthetic method. Yeah, it's like Um, a a stripped down. I don't know if it was actually done with purpose or intention in that regard, but it it is. (laughs) For sure. It was. Okay, wait, can I full stop for a second? Yeah. What are you guys thinking about right now? While he's talking about this, I just want to, in an ethical way, get my hands on some green coffee that yeah. has passed through a GI tract <laughs> and roast it on the well, I can help you out with that. Okay, that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> hey, what, Ew. Are, what are you thinking about? I was just thinking about like having. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about doing a cupping of like, like. Like some cat stuff, you yeah. know, and then like some bat stuff, yep. and then some uh, monkey stuff, mm. well, and being like, I'm getting a real feline note over here, <laughs> like from this coffee, and just kind of comparing those. So we years ago we purchased and tasted the cat poop coffee, cat PC, please. It was like eighty dollars for <laughs> like ounce, five yeah, ounces or something for enough for us to do a cupping session. And it was roasted so terribly. Mm. And that was the issue. So I'm like, give it to me green and let's see how it goes. But I don't want to get any like force fed stuff. Yeah. So that's where I came in with my imagination while you were talking. I was like, I could own some cats. (laughs) No, 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 no. Is there a world where we. It's human. Oh. Like I eat coffee. Ew. Dude, like, what would it take? I'm so here for it. What would it take for you guys to drink coffee that I digest? Are you going to harvest? Yeah, I'd, the, if the you're going to harvest it and wash it, I'll off probably and do bring it. Bring it over. I'd eat it. I'd roast and eat it. Like if we went to Origin, and like I was just there chowing down. Yeah, oh I mean it's pronounced gosh. Oregon, but yes, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about what that would do to you. I would probably end up in a hospital because I would probably have to eat so much of it to like roast any of it or... Yeah, I have no idea how much it would get torn apart. Like, I don't know how a human digestive system also digests the seeds. I don't know if it does or doesn't, but... We could roast it on the Ikawa, so we'd only need a 50-gram sample. So 50 grams would be like... It's like 150 cherry seeds. 
That's you a, could do ooh. it. That's a meal. You'd have right to do there. multiple days. That's a meal. And you'd have to fast. Like no no other food. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, there can't be any impartation. We're not trying to get your black bean mash in there. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what <laughs> you need my the real heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I just can't believe you guys weren't thinking about the human side of it because that's all yeah. my that's all. Well, I, was I made that joke originally when Riley was like, Can we get some I just want to get my hands on some green coffee that's gone through a GI track? I said, I can help you out with that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, this is a deep level gracious. stuff. Sorry. Please, back to you, Sam. Uh, were you, when you said it definitely was on purpose, do you have that, I guess, source to cite, or are you just he uh, was you know, saying a word? No, just being... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was, or if it was just like, because uh, it could just be people playing around with it, people that understand, like, not so much that fermentation was going on with these, like, zany, like, processed coffees, but this, they understand the chemistry of it to a level to understand that if we could control it in some way, we could really hone in on some specific notes and flavors. So it could be something like that, or it could be literally understanding that that, that the oxygen restricted GI tract is like what is really behind putting these flavors into it. It's not that it's actually poop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that was really interesting. Cause I was like, dude, I wonder if, because it's like, I'm reading about these coffees, and all the notes are like tangy, fruity, yogurt, banana. I'm like, this is just like what everyone says anaerobic coffees taste like. And then, so I Googled about like the gas content of your digestive system. And it's pretty oxygen restricted, which was I thought was fascinating. And then finally, I don't wow. know how much, yeah, I mean, any questions about that? Any more questions, I guess? No, it's just amazing research. Thank you. Oh, of course. This I was is wonderful. I was having a lot of fun. The listeners love You're on that. Your computer just laughing. <laughs> I was sitting in my bed like this. <laughs> I can hear everyone smashing like right now. Yes, the sound of a thousand smashes. Uh sorry. Anyway, on to this orange wash thing because ultimately that's like it's got everything going on. I oh, yeah. so you guys went into like We seven, however deep you're wanting to go. We didn't go. There. Well, I'll just give a brief summary, and then I'll talk to you guys about something that I learned about it when I was kind of looking into it a little more depth in depth. But it does the it's a seventy two hour in cherry fermentation process. This one's for the viewers. I think everybody in this room knows this already. But seventy two hour fermentation process uh, in cherry in an oxygen restricted environment. So they put it in a vessel, one way chamber pump CO2 in there, let the cherries ferment. Have you seen one of these tanks? I haven't seen... I have some I pictures have actually, of, I have seen them. of the tanks. Wait, okay. don't look them up yet. Okay. Because there's a, there's a critical image in there that I don't want you to accidentally see. Okay, oh, okay. Thank you, Covenant Eyes. For the pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so 72-hour in-fruit fermentation... And then after that, they produce this juice that is orange. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not orange juice. It is just a, it is an it orange is. colored <laughs> byproduct of the fermentation process that I've been talking about at length for a bit. And it's from the cherry and from the yeast and bacteria present in the cherry reacting with the sugars. Uh, to create energy and alcohol and acids and other byproducts. 
and so they take that, they let it sit in the barrel, oxygen restricted, do its thing, make the juice. They take it out after three days, depulp it, put it in another barrel, and then it, they wash it instead of just with like water. They put that juice that it mm. produced in there with it, and they let it macerate, which is basically the, the beans just sit in there. The green coffee sits there and absorbs the flavor and gets softened. And it actually, <coughs> when I learned that, that maceration is literally softening of something by soaking it in a liquid, it makes a lot of sense because this coffee is really sensitive to heat. Like, mm, it's wow. like, like 10 pound batches charge at 320, and it's like I'm literally charging this at like 300 degrees. Dang. And it still like tries to roast fast. I got chills. <laughs> Dude. Really? Yeah. He's he's anointed, bro. Uh, Come on, it's that anointing. That orange. So (laughs) they do that. I think it was 170 hours afterward, if I can recall the the images they sent us. They let it macerate in an oxygen restricted environment uh, for 170 hours, and then they let the coffee dry on drying racks out in the sun for a few weeks. It makes sense why it's so expensive. Yeah. They're using... A it lot doesn't of, sound like it's expensive enough, though, yeah. compared to some of the other coffees we've purchased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that, that one cupping where we had all the stuff from Unblended, yeah. it wasn't the most expensive. It wasn't the most expensive yeah. one, and not, it was excellent. Not to slam it, but it looked like it was a pretty standard variety, being a Castillo, just yeah. like a pretty mm-hmm. standard ops Colombian, which is already a great coffee, but it seems like, I guess, the focal point was a... The process. The process. And I think it was pretty experimental, too. Like, they weren't necessarily... I don't know if this was, like, one of the first times they've done it or, like... But it's kind of maybe branching out. They don't want to overcharge on accident because they're not necessarily sure type thing. Because it is a really in-depth process, and it is very new. Mm. So... Can I show the pictures now? No. Here's last information, and then you can. With... Orange wash maceration specifically, you can, if you climate control, I only know these temperatures in degrees Celsius, so bear with me, but it's like four to eight degrees Celsius, which is like a refrigerated environment. It's like six to 10 degrees above freezing, like around 40 mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. You get a lot more like really clean. This is reportedly because I've only ever had the one that we have, but like acidity, clean acidity. And then just like really bright, like fruity kind of banana-y stuff. And then if you put it in an environment that's like somewhere between like 18 and 21 or 18, 22 degrees Celsius. So like a, like a round room temperature, I think 20 degrees Celsius or 21 is room temperature, maybe 25. So it might be like a little cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more like rounded sweetness. Hmm. Uh just like deep, rich sweetness type of thing, less acidity. And this is while it's macerating. Yes. Dang. Like it, they you refrigerate can, you can it. climate control it. Okay, yeah. wow, that's cool. Not the initial in fruit anaerobic. This is just the maceration. Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe. Maybe both, honestly. I can't remember. I was looking at images. But so there's an image here where they actually have a thermostat hooked up to one of the barrels. I'm pretty sure it's during the maceration process, and I don't need to see it because I want you, based on how the coffee, because I did this, and then I found that picture, and so I got to see like if my assessment was correct or not, and I want you guys to have the same experience. Do you think that it was like, like the 4 to 8 Celsius one or the 18 to 21 Celsius one? 
based on like how it tastes, based on the notes. I'm going to go 18 to 21. I was going to say hotter, too. I mean, the only way to really compare is if I had another orange-washed yeah. coffee. But I... Thinking of like really clean acidity and like like a, a big acid, like fruity pop versus like sweet. Which one do I think it... T- like deep sweetness type of thing. Which one yeah. do you think it tastes more like... I think it definitely has acidity, but I feel yeah. like it could have more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I get a big like marmalade thing from the the cup. Yeah, so, still fruity, but in a like sugar coated environment. Mm. I know we're all wrong, but that's my guess. Well, which picture, Sam? It's that second one. What's that say? Twenty point nine. Hey. Ow, ow! We were right. You guys were right. I was also right. Let the record show. (laughs) Which is great great for us. I feel like, I mean, if if we lean one way with specialty coffee, we want to bring something to market that is maybe a little bit more approachable. I mean, we're totally down to get down with the crazies. Yeah. I would buy the other one. I would buy the other one too. And it's like this, the orange wash that we have is not, not fruity. I agree. Yeah. But it's like when I think of like bright, clean acidity, it's not how this hits. Like on the sip, it's, it doesn't feel like bright, clean acidity. It's like some fruit and then like a lot of depth to the rest of the cup, which I really enjoy. Like that's like why I love it so much is because it's not just like a one-dimensional fruit bomb in your face. For sure. It's got like that and then it has like that marmalade, like kind of deep sugar. Well, it's got depth, but 0% in a roasty way. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like that. It's... You might just have to try it for yourself, listeners. Yeah. So after you smash that like, go over to our website. It's available there. I will tell you this much. Unblended is great. Yeah. They, all the information they share with us, um, it's just, it's so, so excellent. Uh, all, they have a ton of really amazing pictures. Dang, yeah. Wow. Like, look at how good these photos are. Yo, like this picture, gorgeous. That's, That's a mood. Yeah, you can tell they really have the customer in mind with what they do. Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, for sure. So, and they, I'm literally everything they sent us. I was like, this is all awesome. I know that like, one cupping with their coffees. Yeah. I was like, this is the craziest cupping I've ever done. Yeah, they sent us like six or eight far. samples, and they were all just like so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we could only sell. $35 boxes of 10-ounce yeah. coffees, yeah. Yeah. I would exclusively do Colombian coffees. If you want that, smash the like button. Yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to pay that if you, consistently and you'll keep doing it, yeah. then we'll do it. But if you don't want that and you want like a range of offerings... You know what? Hit that like button. Smash the like button. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So Just look at that. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. I might cry. We got to go, boys. Well, let's Get go. me over there. These are cinematic, bro. I mean, such a oh my gosh, gorgeous what a great picture. landscape. Cinemagic, bro. So that was your summary, your your brief summary. Yes, I uh, went through just like the beginning stages. I mean, I went through like the the main three steps of the carbonic maceration orange wash process. Okay, where it ferments three days, depol ferments in fruit, oxygen restricted, three days, taken out. Depulped, the byproduct of the fermentation is used in the washing process that's also occurring in an oxygen restricted environment. So they're both anaerobic. 
and uh, then it macerates for 170 hours, and then it, in the parchment. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and why then, all those pictures, all the coffee looked so like tan. Yep, because in parchment. Yep. Well, Precisely. and because it tints it orange. Yep. Both, and then they take all that off and let it dry. Wow. Now, have you looked at the bean? No, I haven't. I'm gonna go grab a handful. Yeah. Sam, who do you think like, like if someone's listening and they are thinking about getting this coffee, like who's the ideal customer for who would like this coffee? I mean, I think anyone. There's a lot of people, honestly, that I think it would be good for. It's definitely fun if you have experience with coffee, or if you're curious about like also just sort of expanding your palate. Or also supporting experimental coffee processes that like help the coffee industry as a whole progress forward. Because it's like buying this stuff enforces the ability to continue to try stuff like this and right. like find new ways to make coffee really good. So if you're someone that's like really invested in the coffee scene, it's for you. It's one of the best coffees I've ever had. Uh, it's so fun. A lot of depth to it. A lot of complexity. It's really delicate, though, and it's, it's, it's honestly just delicious. And then also, if you just like coffee and you're someone who, like, gravitates towards... It's like anyone definitely who wants to support it and anyone looking to, like, see what, like, the limits of it, of coffee and green What's coffee. What's possible with coffee, yeah. yeah. Because it's not really like any coffee I've had. Right. And we've, we've had premium coffees on our menu. Like you said, this is one of the best coffees we've ever had. And Hands we've, down. We've had uh, that geisha on. And if you're listening, you probably know what geisha is. That's uh, a big highlight on the varietal of the right. coffee. Whereas this is a big highlight on how the coffee's processed. Yeah. So it's like the geisha was really good just because that varietal is like really high quality. This is like Ethan was saying, the Castillo is like pretty standard ops uh, varietal, but the process is so phenomenal that the coffee literally is like, <laughs> it's so good. And I love what you said about like if, if you buy this, you're helping support experimental processes for the coffee industry in general. It's yeah. Like, you know. We keep buying this stuff up. Right. It, it makes people want to explore more. Yeah. Well, it's, it's worth like, their while. Yeah. Cause it, well, it's like if the customers buy it, then we get to buy more. If it sells well and it does well and people like it, we get to buy more, which means these people that are kind of pushing the envelope with this type of thing get more business as well, ultimately yep. from us. And so it's kind of like an alley oop. It's kind of like indirectly sponsoring uh, research and science. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, no doubt this farm has other just, you know, normal processed coffees, right? Right. And this is probably their, one of their premium, uh, t- takes a lot more money and time to process this coffee. So yeah. it helps support that And it's a lot less farm. surefire, like of like a profit at the end because it might, because I was reading too, like with these anaerobic things, a lot of people will add their own species of yeast or bacteria their own samples to this process and not just let Mm. the ones that are there to try to aim for like specific flavor profiles in the coffee and that is like 
if you're just winging it and being like, let's see what this tastes like. It's like you could lose, you know, yeah. 60 kilos or 120 kilos of green coffee that just like tastes bad. Mm. Whoa. Um, so. Well, this has been amazing. Yeah. Riveting. So fun. Amazing. Riveting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We could Sam. probably go, what, another two, three hours? Yeah, take a lunch yeah. break, come back. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank yeah, you thank for you sharing. Sam. Yeah, it was us. a lot of fun. Thank you, Sam. I was so entertained. Well, if you've enjoyed this, you already know. You, you know already what know, what know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and subscribe uh, while you're down there, huh? Oh, gosh. For real, though. <laughs> Tell honestly. a friend. Uh, we've got this coffee out now. Uh, we have another fantastic coffee coming next week. It's our summer blend. Yeah. Woo, woo. It's called Tan Lines. Yes. Come on. It's going to be, gonna be a, so a newly colored box debuted in that seasonal spot. And we think mm. you're going to love it. I mean, mm. honestly, it's like we're, we're trying to accomplish this flavor profile from a blend. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, because this is certainly summery. Yeah. So if you look at free throw, which is, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say your traditional blend, but it is leans more towards the traditional side. Yeah. With this one, we're just going for brightness, which isn't too common in the br- in the blend market. Yeah. The blend industry. The the, 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 the industry doesn't <laughs> doesn't really do this. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be two coffees from Africa. One of them's natural. One of them's washed. And you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh, it's it's gonna be great. You guys. You guys are gonna love it. And, speaking, and that's yeah. yeah, it's coming from the roaster. Yeah. So speaking of love, we love you. Yeah, we love you. We do love you. Listeners. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye.